right, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us Roger Hernandez, the broker and owner of Healthcare and Business Realty. Roger, how you doing? Good, Dan. How you doing today? Doing great. Feeling on top. Everything is good. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So before we get into the what it is of what you do, I want to know about who you are. So tell our viewers, who is Roger Hernandez? Let's see. Roger Hernandez is a husband of almost 28 years now, father of four, a daughter and three sons. And I've been in the commercial real estate industry since 2006, uh, specifically healthcare since 2009. Very nice. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Uh, we're about, oh gosh, maybe 80 episodes, 75, 80 episodes in. We've actually never had someone that specializes in uh, you know, tenant and, and buyer rep. Um, and I'm just excited to hear your perspective. And I know that you share a passion that I do, which is the medical space, the medical office space. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun getting into this. So tell me a little bit about how you got into that space to begin with in, in healthcare and in tenant rep. Yeah, it's a great question. So I um, I was working for a, a small little boutique shop here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. That's what that's what gave me my in to commercial real estate. And they were a full service brokerage firm, worked for them for about three years. And then a startup um, organization reached out to me through a friend that got hired first. I was the second person that they hired in the company. And at the time, they only represented dentists in the transaction. Mm. And so their niche was just the dental industry. Interesting. And so that's how I got into the healthcare world was through that. When I came on board, then I helped grow optometry, veterinary, once again, just specifically representing the doctor in the transaction. Interesting. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how that whole industry works, about how, how tenant and landlord repre representation works in leasing brokerage. Sure, sure. Uh, so the um, specifically on the tenant side, you're... Your fiduciary responsibility obviously is to the tenant, right? You're their agent technically on, as a real estate broker. And you're looking for opportunities for them that kind of fit the criteria that they have or that they need or what makes them successful. So part of the niche is understanding their business, understanding what makes them successful, understanding their demographics, figuring out um, from a competitive analysis who's around the, the area that they want to be at or that they're thinking about. So you're focused more on the doctor and their practice and where to put them in a market mm. that they want to be in. So how do you find a site that would potentially fit for your tenant? Uh, so you go through a little process of um, uh, looking for opportunities in a specific area. So we, we, I try never to tell a doctor, hey, this is where you need to be or this is where you want to be. I ask them, you know, what kind of, what kind of practice do you want to have? Um, do you want to be in retail or do you want to be in office? And a lot of times they don't even know, especially the kids that are just coming out of school. Sure. They don't, they're trying to figure that out. They don't know what kind of field they're looking for. And some of them do have that knowledge base because, you know, their father, their mother was a dentist or a veterinarian or an optometrist. So they, they grew up in that um, industry. And then what I'm doing is I'm interviewing landlords from the perspective of can they afford the deal? Um, some landlords can, some landlords can't. So the specifics of that are in the turn in the deal details of the deal and from the perspective of making sure that the landlord's willing to do a long-term lease with, with a couple five-year options, um, that they have the ability to invest capital into the deal in terms of tenant improvement allowances. Mm -hmm. um, are they okay with a long build-out time frame? 
And then in addition to that, are they okay with providing some free rent once the doctor opens their doors? So those are the types of things that I'm looking at when I'm working with a new client or a doctor that's either thinking about starting up or relocating their practice, whichever direction they want to go. Now, Roger, if I were a landlord, why would I be interested in a healthcare tenant? Um, healthcare tenancy is um, a very strong client from the or a very strong tenant. So, as an example, dentists fail um, three fourths of one percent nationally. Wow. Uh, veterinarians will fail half of one percent nationally. So these are the kind of numbers that landlords, you know, when it comes to solidifying their portfolio or their property, they should be considering that. I mean, a lot of times landlords are like, no, 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 no. I, I just want to, I just want a national credit tenant. And then I'll sit there and talk to them and ask them the questions. Well, did you know this? Did you know this about the doctor? Did you know this about their industry? And the moment I share that information with them, then they're like, oh, no, I, I didn't know that. And so that's why from a landlord's perspective, a medical healthcare tenant would be somebody you should consider in one of your properties. Now, what about from an investor's perspective? And I get this question a lot because I deal with medical office buildings, but I want to hear your perspective. If I were an investor, why would I consider a healthcare tenant in a property? Why would I consider purchasing a property that was tenanted to a healthcare tenant? Um, mostly because of the long-term tenancy. If you're looking for an investment that you just want to hold, like most people get into real estate, not for the flip and flip, uh, not to flip the property, right? Uh, they buy it to hold on to it. Real estate is the long game. At least that's the way I've always seen it. You invest in real estate because of the future that it holds and the revenue that it holds over time, not just immediately, right? You're getting some return on your investment, but also for the length of the tenancy that the doctor provides. Most of the doctors are going to be in there for at least 10 years, right? It's rare that I'll do a deal with a doctor that only wants to be in a building for five years or less. Mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Right. The investment that they're making in the tenant improvements that they're putting into the space, they want to make sure that they maximize that return because that has a certain lifespan, right? The improvements have a certain lifespan that you're investing anywhere from 120 to $180 a foot. In, in construction costs. And then on top of that, you're investing in the equipment that you're um, buying to put into the space. That you want to make sure that you secure your position in the property to gain to get back that investment that the tenant is making. And then from the landlord's perspective, hey, I know they're not going to go anywhere for at least 10 years, right. if not longer. Some dentists, some veterinarians don't move. They start their career in this property and that's where they'll stay for the next 20, 25, 30 years. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's those are very good points. The tenant improvements are very, very um, extensive, and I think that can help a tenant stay. And then also, you have to understand that in many cases, uh, the majority of cases with these healthcare tenants, their you know so to speak client base is in a very close demographic ring to the location. So the you know the chances of them moving twenty miles away uh, is greatly diminished because of that. So you, know, you, you mentioned office settings and retail settings for healthcare tenants. Where do you see each of those? What's your projection for each of those two markets as they pertain to, to healthcare? Um, from the healthcare side on office buildings, it really depends on the, the type of doctor. So the type of doctor, as an example, if it's a specialist, like a, um, an endodontist or a periodontist, right? Those are more going to be in the office setting simply because it's not about you driving by thinking, oh, I need a root canal today. 
And so you, you go buy a King Supers or a Publix, depending on what part of the country you're in, mm-hmm. and you see endodontists on the sign, and you think, yeah, I'd like to get a root canal done today. You know what I mean? So it's more of a destination site or sure. more of a destination type business. So from that setting, from that aspect, office makes sense for those in the types of individuals. Um, if you look at the medical office building sector, obviously those are medical professionals that are either going to be near a hospital, in a hospital, around a hospital. They don't want to take too much time driving from the office building to that. So that's where those those types of tendency are going to be best suited. However, you have your niche or those specifically the retail, a veterinarian, an optometrist, uh, maybe even a general dentist or specifically a, a pediatric dentist where the mom is taking going to the grocery store and she can drop off the kids for about 20, 30 minutes, uh, maybe possibly, and then goes do some shopping. Same thing with the optometrist. Same thing with the pet. So those service-based, as I call them, the medical industry that's going into retail are going to be more service-based tendencies. Um, those are strong for retail when you see soft goods disappearing. You know what I mean? So from that aspect, those medical professionals being inside of a retail location is strong. Sure. Now, Roger, what do you like specifically about working in the healthcare commercial real estate space? Um, That's a great question. It's twofold. Uh, Number one, uh, the the relationship that I established with the medical professional. Uh, They see me as an advisor, not as Mm -hmm. a salesman, right? Because I'm not here to sell them anything. I'm basically educating them on the market, providing them the information, and then they make the best decisions for their business. So the relationship is that of a uh, an advisor. And so you, I end up building a rapport with these individuals and a friendship that lasts for years. Uh, so that's one aspect that I like about it. And then, and then selfishly, just to be honest, selfishly, the quality of the tenant that I'm bringing to the table for the landlord, sure. where the landlord wants to do the deal. Right. Some of these other tendencies are like, no, I'm not too, you know, I'm not too interested in gym owner right now. You know what I mean? Right. But a dentist or veterinarian, somebody that's going to be there for the next 10, 15, 20 years, the landlord pays attention uh, and yeah. they treat and the brokers pay attention and they treat you differently for it. Not that that's what I'm looking for, but it's more of a, hey, you got something that I need. Exactly. And you got something that's going to make my landlord happy. You're going to make me look good to my landlord, which in turn is repeat business for them because then the landlord's like, hey, look, you got me this deal. You got me that deal. So, hey, I'm going to trust you with my next property. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know from my perspective, like I said, I've got a pretty big medical office building under contract that's uh, going to be closing here in the next few days. And, um, you know, uh, the demand was incredible because of the quality of the tenant, right? So I, my phone is still ringing with people saying, hey, Dan, is that available or do you have something similar? Because it's just such a high-quality tenant, such a high-quality building. And and like you said, the the likelihood of longevity, of staying in that facility is is very high, which is quite important in our industry. And, you know, for, so a question for you would be, uh, from a real estate investment trust scenario, Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing in I, I'm assuming you're seeing in that industry, there's a lot of REITs going after those MOBs. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The medical office building space is hot. And what's interesting is, you know, a lot of the, the clients that I'm speaking to with uh, these properties are real estate investment trusts or large family offices. But, you know, this one in particular is, is being sold to a private individual, you know, out of California who is in a $28 million 1031 exchange. So the space is not just a space for the institutions. It's a space for the private investors as well. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. 
So let me ask you another question. If someone was interested in getting involved, if one of our viewers is interested in getting involved in the healthcare commercial real estate space, how would you recommend that they break into that industry? Um, the way you break into the industry is get with people that, that you can trust. Yep. People that are willing to take you under their wing and mentor you, um, teach you the ins and outs of that industry. Um, seek them out. They're, they're out there. They exist. You know what I mean? There's certain um, individuals that will more than happily, there's only so much time that we have to transact in life, right? There's so many, so many opportunities that we have. Uh, some of us want to retire one day. Um, yeah. So who are they going to trust it to? And, you know, doctors, medical professionals, what they like is they like to see somebody that they can, that they did a deal with. And maybe their kid is now coming out of school and, you know, they, their kid's like, hey, dad, that guy's too old. I don't want to, I can't connect with that person. And so you want to make sure that you mentor somebody in the industry and teach them. So if they're, if you're looking to get into it, um, find somebody that's been doing it for a while and somebody that's willing to invest the time and teach you, because if you don't have that, uh, you know, you could blow up a deal, which has, you know, the consequences of are hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if you don't Absolutely. know what you're doing, you can get into serious trouble from that. Yeah. No if anything, ruin, your name. ruin yeah. your name in the market. You're right. I mean, that's the value of having a mentor and having somebody to help guide you, which there are plenty, you know, in our industry. So, Look, you've been in the industry a long time. What would you say are your biggest lessons that you've learned throughout your career? Uh, biggest lessons is um, <laughs> never, never get stuck on something you want, thinking that there's nothing better f that you can negotiate. In other words, be willing to think outside the box. Hmm. Don't focus so much on, hey, this is the way it's done. And this is the way they've done it. Every deal takes a life of its own, as you've experienced, Dan. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, it's sure. just different. So don't get stuck in that. Be willing to accept something different that'll help you make the deal. Uh, as an example, I had a client that I was working with that was an um, she was opening up an optometry practice. She was actually, um, she wasn't the, the doctor. She was basically the manager, but she had enough uh, doctors that she had worked with that she was going to basically open up this practice. And she had some financial issues due to some health issues that caused her to file for bankruptcy. And here I am negotiating the deal and didn't know about this bankruptcy. So we oh, provide wow. the financials. The landlord gets back to me and says, Hey, Raj, this lady, you know, she filed for bankruptcy, you know, six, seven years ago. I, I can't do this deal. I can't give her 35, 40 bucks a square foot in TIs. And here we are down the road and now the landlord's having second thoughts. And so interestingly enough, my client came up with the idea and she said, Raj, why don't you ask them, let me pay for the TIs up front because I have the cash. Somehow, some way she had the cash. Let me pay for the TIs up front and ask the landlord to reimburse me once I've proven myself to them over the next three years. Oh, wow. Totally Didn't see that solution. One yeah, yeah, I love yeah, it. I think it's really I mean? important. Yeah, definitely out of the really box important. thinking. Yeah, out of the box thinking. So that's what I mean. Never get stuck in, hey, this is the way it's done. Be willing to think outside the box. Keep an open mind. See how you can get something done. And that 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 taught me something early on. Yeah, love it. That's great. Well, hey, we've got about two minutes left. Really appreciate everything that you've shared with us. Let's turn the tables a little bit. What questions do you have for me? Um, so when when you're looking for an investment deal, right? A healthcare investment deal. What what terms 
are you looking for? Not just the lease terms. What else are you looking for? Yeah. So good question. So, you know, obviously I'm dealing a lot with my clients as sellers uh, and, and listing property for them. And over the years, I've come up with, uh, you know, a, a whole connection base of, of buyers, right? So I know what they're looking for. And and typically, you know, obviously every deal is different, like you had said. And I'm not going to say no to a deal just because it doesn't fit the exact box like you had mentioned before. But typically for medical office buildings, I'm looking for a higher credit tenant. I'm typically looking, ideally, this is like my, my grade A, would be a tenant that has 50 or $100 million in assets. I want that lease term to be at least seven years, okay? That seems to be like a, a golden point for in the medical office space. And then some other important aspects are going to be your rental increases. So I'd like to see rental increases, if I can, somewhere around 2% annually. If they're higher than that, that's even even better to hedge against inflation. And then there's some other key components as well. I want to know, like you had said, is that tenant staying there, right? Have they improved the building? Have they put a lot of tenant improvements in there, uh, maybe a build-out of an imaging center in that facility that's going to make the likelihood of them leaving a lot lower? I also want to know, what is their insurance reimbursement situation like? Where, How are they being fed? Is this a main uh, you know, location that's fed off of a large hospital? Um, what are their reimbursements like from the insurance company? Are they incentivized to treat people at this facility? How have they performed you know, over the last few years, and how have they performed during COVID? So those are some interesting questions that I always want to get a, a, an answer to when I'm, when I'm talking to a, a client about listing a building. That's cool. That's cool. It's good to know. Yeah. From an investment standpoint, you, you kind of want to know what the buyer's looking for. So um, if you can provide that, that's awesome. That's cool. Totally. Well, hey, Roger, really appreciate you joining us. This was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to cut out of your day to provide value to our viewers. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Well, hey, I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. Make sure to subscribe, to leave us a five-star review, and to tune in next time.